When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After leaving teaching because of some serious burnout, she vowed to build the community she wished existed when she needed it most. She went from classroom teacher to an educational consultant, instructional designer, and six-figure business owner. Now, she's here to help you achieve happiness and work-life balance, whether inside or outside the classroom. Come join our discussion as we talk about managing teacher burnout, career transitions outside the classroom, starting a side hustle, and everything in between. Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez. Hello, and welcome to the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Williams. In this episode, I interview the wonderful Nicole Bryson. Nicole left teaching after an impressive 17 years in the classroom for a higher paying position as a training consultant. She now works with a workforce management company and listen to us chat as she describes what she does as a training consultant, how she rewrote her resume, and how she prepared for her interviews. Nicole is a teacher career coach course graduate, so we also talk about how the course helped her overcome challenges to finally find success after 10 years of searching for new roles. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for being here today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Daphne. Nicole, I have, I feel like I've connected with you on Instagram for so long. Yes. But I'd love if you shared your story of working in education with our audience. Okay. So um, I guess if I started from when I decided to become a teacher, because it wasn't like I wanted to be a teacher when I was growing up, I think Growing up, I kind of was like Alice in Wonderland. She has a quote in Lewis Carroll's book, or maybe it's just the movie, that she imagines um, a million different things before breakfast. Well, when I was little, like I wanted to be a million different things every single day. And I honestly didn't think about being a teacher until I was in a uh, the first physical therapy class that I took, like one of the very first classes, because that's what I wanted to do. I thought I would, that's what I was going to do. And I took this medical terminology class and it was going to take a lot of studying. And I thought, oh my goodness, I really don't want to study. Not that first semester anyway, I was having way too much fun. And I thought, what could I do that would not require a lot of studying? And I loved English and I loved writing and I loved literature. And I thought, hot dog, I know what I could do. I could be an English teacher. Now, I know that sounds horrible in the beginning. However, when I really got into it and started looking at teaching as a profession, I really saw that that's where my heart was and my true passion, because I saw so many people growing up uh, when I was in school who they just needed somebody on their side. And if they just would have had somebody there to to help guide them through, then man, they sure would have made it. And so that's really when I saw, yes, I want to be a teacher. And so English teacher, so I became an English teacher, but I found out that English teachers were a dime a dozen, so I needed to make myself marketable, and um, in that last year of school, I got 
a minor in Spanish. And so I taught English and Spanish um, in high school here in a little town in Western Oklahoma. And um, I did that for 17 years. And of course, everyone knows you don't just teach those two subjects. I also did the yearbook for 17 years. I worked with the football team. I taught alternative school in the evenings. And then I also had my two or three extra jobs along the way as well. And those two or three extra jobs always consisted of like driver's ed. I taught for a private school driver's ed. Um, I worked for my parents in their accounting office and would help all of their um, Spanish speaking clients. I would paint for people in the summertime. So just anything that I could do for extra money, that is what I did. And so that basically is like my time in education in a nutshell. I taught English and Spanish. When did you start thinking about making a career change from teaching? Um, so I started in 2004 teaching. And I think by 2007, I was really like, man, I am ready to change and get into something else. And um, I was a single mom. I've basically been a single mom uh, my whole teaching career. And at that time, my daughter was, uh, let's see, seven. And so I already realized that um, like there was so much time taken away from my time with, with my daughter, Riley. In fact, like she had a pallet in my classroom at the high school. So she would get off the bus, come to the high school. She had a little place, she had her snacks and she had a pallet because we'd be there so late, like she would have to go to sleep there. And so when she was seven, um, I started thinking, man, I really need to do something else. But what was there for me to do in Western Oklahoma? And really, what could I do that I would be there after school with Riley and that I wouldn't have to send her to some kind of daycare? So I really started looking. And then um, I really, really started looking like in 2010, but just couldn't find anything. And then in 2018, I found a virtual school that I could teach for online. And so I did that for a couple of years online and um, it was better, uh, but it's still just public education in general just has so many issues that it still was just very disheartening. And um, I still had that like stomach issue problem every Sunday night, you know, you just want to ball mm -hmm. Sunday night, uh, just the worst feeling. And, um, and so that's when I really started looking like what else can I do? And that issue, the, you know, quote unquote, Sunday scaries, everybody makes jokes about it. There's memes that are passed along with teacher Instagrams. Yeah. And for maybe, I hope, knock on wood, the majority of people, it is kind of a joke, you mm -hmm. know, oh, I don't want to go. But for so many people, myself included, and many of the people that email me, slide into my DMs, end up being on this podcast or taking my course, it's not really a joke. It's somebody bawling or having anxiety mm -hmm. and dreading mm -hmm. every single time they think about going back to work. Yes. And that is not normal. That is not something to normalize. And I didn't realize, like, I'm not a, I'm not one of those people that think, oh my goodness, I'm so stressed. Like, I just, I'm pretty much a go with the flow, happy-go-lucky person. And so I didn't realize that 
that horrible feeling I felt on Sunday nights or the night terrors that I would have um, at the end of the summer, closer to when school was starting back, or just the night terrors that I would have, you know, weekly that would um, wake my daughter up from uh, the middle of the night. I didn't realize that those were from teaching and the environment that I was in and the stress that I was under because I don't I don't ever think of myself as a stressed person but that was what I was in and so yes the Sunday scaries are definitely real and um, I cannot tell you the weight that has been lifted off my shoulders I guess since January 11th when I started with uh, my new position Yeah, so let's dive into that a little bit. What is your new role? So my new role, I am a training consultant with a workforce management company. And um, basically, I create uh, deliverables, training materials for clients. So they could be anything from um, hospitals to different type of manufacturing companies. And so I create these deliverables and then I also train their managers and their HR department to use different types of software, scheduling software, timekeeping software, and those type of things. So it's been really interesting um, being in the corporate world as opposed to public education. um, One of the things that I have found like really um, that I, I guess just really awesome that I love is that, first of all, I feel like I'm treated like a professional. Um, Whenever I was a teacher, I always felt like I was just a teacher. And not that anybody ever told me that, but I just felt like in in society, oh, you're just a teacher. Almost like I was like just, you know, a 15-year-old babysitter or something. And, but here, uh, within my company, people come to me like I am an expert. I never felt like I was treated as an expert in my field um, in public education. Like I felt like I was micromanaged, but here people come to me like I'm an expert and um, I'm just treated as a professional and that has been game changing. And then something I find really interesting is uh my manager will be like, is this too much? Are you okay? Can you handle this? And I thought, oh my goodness, I was a teacher. This is, this is a cakewalk. Like if this is all I have to do after what I did for 17 years, I am fine. So I feel like every day is a Friday or every day is like the night before Christmas when you're five years old, or um, like I'm about to leave for a trip on to Disney World or something like that because it's just been such a fun ride. So it's been awesome. And as we're in this, you know, as we're recording this episode, this is eight months into you working there. So it's not honeymoon stage anymore. It truly is something that's been a really great fit for you. How did you actually find this position, the training consultant position? Mm -hmm. So I, when I look for things like on, um, online on the different like job search engines, I would look for things that involve training, uh, corporate training, that was a big one that I would look for. And then I just look for things, um, when I look for job descriptions, just the the things within the job descriptions that I fit like, that I felt like I would fit those descriptions. So even though maybe I did not know the, the product, you know, they needed someone for, just 
if I if I had those skills that, that they were looking for. So that is really what I focused on. And then also I looked because personally for me, I did not want to leave where I live. All of my family lives within 30 minutes of me, so I didn't want to leave. Um, my daughter, she's in college just uh, a couple towns away, and um, she plays softball uh, for that college, so I didn't want to move. And so I needed something where I could work from home, and so that is just what I looked for. Something that had corporate trainer or any kind of trainer and then something that my my skill set was in that job description and then something I could work from home. So it's completely remote. Right now with COVID, a lot of the training, like people just want to do remote training. However, if our training ever does go on site ever again, I will have some on site training, but right now it's all remote. Will that be local travel or do you know if you're going to be traveling like across the United States for different training opportunities? So we have, we have clients, um, uh, worldwide. So I could go anywhere in the world, which is really exciting. I love that. I was curious if you actually leveraged your bilingual education for this specific role, because a lot of training opportunities are looking for roles, human resources roles, anything where you're training a large, you know, a large demographic, they're looking for people to who are fluent in multiple languages. Uh, That was something that that they did ask about and something that did come up. Yes. So yes, if you um, if you can put yourself out there to go learn another language, go learn another language. Yes, for sure. Especially for training positions. Yes. Not for not for every position, but especially for training positions, positions. it does. Yes. Or even just leveraging that you've worked with English language learners and that you understand the ways to support them even if you're not fluent in another language is something that translates really well. Yes, that is so true. So even yes, even if you haven't. So a, a lot of teachers, even if you don't have a second language that you're fluent in, you, um, a lot of teachers have worked with non-English speaking students. And so they do have those skills to help support those students. So yes, such, such a great point to bring up Daphne that, that those teachers know how to work with people who may be lacking. So yes, such a great point. listening to you earlier too, you said that you didn't have specific knowledge of the tools. When you're talking about the specific knowledge of the tools, that means, you know, the payroll or human resources tools. But did you have any experience working with payroll or human resources at all prior to applying to these positions? So what's really weird is when I was the lead teacher, I trained my new teachers on the payroll software that we used. And what's coincidental is uh, my company will be training later on down the road that same payroll software. So right now we don't, but that's, I think, kind of one of the reasons that they were like, oh, huh, she knows that. None of us do, but later on, she is going to be beneficial. Yeah, and was it It was probably in the job description saying, do you have experience with blank? Yes. And you're like, oh, shoot, I do. Yes. I absolutely do. Yes, and it wasn't like the back end. It was, it was just a front end user. Like I knew where to go, you know, to see a payroll stub or to see where, you know, my W-2 or W-4 information was. 
So not even anything, not configuration, nothing like that, just front end user. Yeah, and for anyone listening, front end user is usually just the, you know, the customer, whatever we would be using. So, you know, Google Classroom, but not necessarily setting up Google Chrome for all of the different computers. It's just how to use Google Classroom, how to click here, how to go to that. But the back end user is usually the more technology heavy IT people who have to actually push it out to everybody or configure it on an admin level. And sometimes they ask you to know that too, which is just usually a YouTube video or looking on the company website away. They have training uh, everywhere for yes, it. Yes, yes. Or like um, if somebody, if, if the job description said um, somebody who's familiar with Facebook, well, we all know how to use Facebook. We may not be able to configure it on the back end, we definitely, you know, have used Facebook before. So, yes. How did you start to rewrite your resume? Um, so when I was looking at my resume, um, I think that was probably one of the things that I loved about um, your course the most. Well, I think actually the most in your course was my um, interview because I, I was really, really nervous and um, that helped. But so with my resume, um, when I'm looking at the description, I'm looking at those action verbs and I'm thinking, okay, what have I done in my teaching career that goes with that action verb? Maybe not necessarily everything that's in that description that they're looking for, but what have I done with that action verb that goes along or parallels what they want? So maybe I didn't do something specifically with some type of software or whatever they're wanting to train with, but I have, oh, I can't even think of one at the moment, multitasked or. So if they asked you if you trained specifically on one platform, you would say, okay, well I haven't, but I trained specifically on these platforms just to show that, that you had trained specifically on something. Yes, and so, yes. So if they, if they said, you know, they've asked, have you trained others or have you led training? on such and such. Well, no, but I've led multiple trainings with multiple individuals or with groups, etc. So any type of trainings or leadership cohorts that I've done, I've, I've used those. And you started to touch a little bit on it that you felt like the interviewing resources and the teacher career coach course helped you with your interview. Do you want to talk a little bit about what happened during your interview for your training consultant position and what kind of answers you gave? So <clears throat> I wasn't really sure how I was going to answer because everything I'd ever done was in teaching. And, but I knew that it needed to be, make sure that it was specific. So after I went through everything that, um, that you had about your interviews, um, I, your interview, section helped me to make sure that when I was looking at all of the different experiences I had, how could I take those experiences and make sure that those focused more into what they were looking for. And so when they did say, um, tell us about um, a time when you were teaching adults or something like that. Well, yeah, I have taught adults. And so I could talk specifically on um, when I was training new teachers on um, 
whatever we were working on and I could talk specifically to not that they were teachers but that they were adults and how I and how I worked with them as being adults instead of you know public education teachers yeah I love that's one of the things that even just like the slight difference in the vocabulary that you use because if you keep saying teachers 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 and all of your interview answers that's what they're going to see you as. But if you just use the vocabulary, that means the exact same thing. I trained adults in this way. Mm -hmm. This is how I differentiated because they're adults yes. and you're asking me about adult training mm -hmm. and you're showing them that you have that without reinforcing the, oh, but she means teaching or mm -hmm. she means her job yeah, as a teacher. Right. And that really helps people because they're, they're not going to make the inferences on how everything translates over. You have to do yes. it for them. And so you have to confidently be able to prove to them how it goes over. When you were applying, you know, I love the story. I love how happy you are. Uh, I think it's really good to hear some of the gaps in the story. This was not probably the first application or first interview you went on. Did you send out quite a few applications I, prior oh my goodness i think i i mean i i've been looking since like 2007 and i didn't get this until i mean just january so yes i had been looking for over 10 years and i remember okay this is really kind of funny i had um a phone interview with a company and they were looking for somebody who could teach teachers how to teach online. And that's what I had done for two years. And it was a total, um, I, it was a horrible interview, in fact, and I had not found you yet. And it was probably a blessing I hadn't found you yet, or I probably would have nailed it and I would be with them and not where I am now. But um, she said, uh, give me your elevator, um, what is it called, elevator pitch. Oh my goodness. So she mm -hmm. said, give me your elevator pitch. And I said, uh, how many floors do I have? <laughs> oh, no. And um, I don't think that that's normal. I mean, I know that I teach about it in the course, uh -huh. but I don't know if that's even a normal question. I've, if someone asked me, I would know what it is now, but yeah. that's funny. Well, I, I was like, man, I don't even know how long I have. Like, are we going I mean, are, are we going like to the very top? Do I have just one, one floor? I, I'll wait. Am I already out of time? So I had never really thought about if I was going to package myself in a short amount of time, what am I going to say? And so I think I totally. And that's not a skill you learn overnight. No. You have to develop it and keep adding to it and refine it over, yes. and, you know, months. Yes. And so I'm pretty sure that that, um, that bombed right then and there. Um, and what's funny is she did, she did email me and let me know that um, they, they went with someone uh, who had experience training adults, even though I had been teaching online for a very long time. And, but I just thought that was funny. Like uh, I had never done that. So when, when you do interview, like, before I interviewed for this position I have now, I watched your interview section probably five or six times. I had notes just all over my desk. 
I wrote everything out that I was going to say over and over and over again because that's how I remember things. I write it, write it, write it. And then I like got up in front of the mirror and I said it over and over how I thought that I would say it. And then right before I had my interview, actually, it was a long process. It was five interviews altogether before that first one, actually, before every single one of them, I would sit for 30 minutes in teams so I could see myself. And I was sweating profusely the whole time just so I could go over and over what I was going to say and look into the camera and just make sure that I was on point. So um, interviews are, I think, key. So key. So once you get your foot in the door, you have to be prepared and be ready to show them that, yes, you do have the skills and that you're not just a teacher and that what you do in the classroom does equate outside of the classroom to other areas as well. three months of just the yuckiest interviews that I bombed when I left teaching in 2017. I remember that they asked me to train on an online product and I had to put together a video of how I would train and it probably was a position that paid half of what my position now takes um, or makes, but I, you know, I bombed it. I mm -hmm. didn't know how to sell myself or show that I was capable of doing it. And it's something that you need to practice because there's only a short time that they have to be able to determine whether or not you're a good fit for the company. They right. only have between 30 minutes and an hour. Yeah. I also love that you acknowledge that this was a lengthy interview process. A lot of teachers struggle with the timeline component of okay, I'm going to start applying in June and that way I'll get a job before July, before I go back to school. And it's just not realistic. It's why I always say like start applying in April. Yes, for sure. Start aggressively applying then. And if worst case scenario, someone likes you, you got some experience, you had to say no, but most of the time it takes a long time for you to even get callbacks mm -hmm. and then the interview process is not as easy as it is with getting in and out of a classroom. Yes, for sure. So I um, and I probably if I was in the classroom because I, I was a lead teacher when I got this position and so I wasn't in the classroom. And so if I had have been in the classroom, I probably I don't know what I would have done. Um, I don't know if I would have applied. I don't know if I would have left my school like that. Um, I, I don't know, maybe I would have because anyway. Um, however, I applied before Thanksgiving, like two weeks before Thanksgiving, and I didn't get hired until the end of December and I didn't start until January 11th. So it was a long process. And they actually sped it up because when um, that very last interview or the fourth interview with the vice president of training, I said, <laughs> kind of went on a limb and I said, um, if you're going to hire me, I just, uh, could, could, we, could we maybe do this quickly? Because I would really love to give them winter break to find somebody to replace me. So, I mean, and she sped it up so they could find someone. So that was really nice of them. It probably wouldn't have gone 
that fast if I hadn't have asked. So yeah, it's a process. Once you finally did land a position, you got that yes. Did you struggle with the decision on your end? Oh no. Oh my, no. I mean, as soon <laughs> the very next day I had the interview with the EBP and um, he said, yeah, this is basically just, you're interviewing me to make sure that this is what you want to do. And then they sent me the, the offer and my, my chin hit the floor because I had never ever in my entire life made that much money. And what's really sad in Oklahoma, if I taught for 25 years, the cap is at 25 years in Oklahoma, I would never make that much. I would make, I would never make that much. And so how many years were you teaching in total? I had taught 17. So 17 years and this was still a very large pay oh, increase my, for you? Yes. I don't have to have extra jobs. I, I was able to get rid of all of my extra. I do have a side gig, but it's just because I want to. Yeah. And so. And that's, you get extra time and then you're like, what am I going to do with oh, all this time that I have yes. after? Yes. And so, and then the benefits and then just the, just what they do as a company and they have, I'd never heard of this before, but they have an unlimited paid time off program. And I mean, it, I, that's a lot of teachers always ask me, well, what about summers off? What about vacation mm -hmm. time? I can't lose it because of this. And if you value your summers off, if you're very happy and you know, if, if that is a deal breaker for you, mm -hmm. then let it be a deal breaker for you and keep looking mm -hmm. for something that fits for you. But I always talk about not every company does, but two of the companies that I've worked for mm -hmm. have had pay time off yeah. opportunities. There are many companies that have that. And that means you and your family can take vacation whenever mm -hmm. you want, when there's a wedding, when there's a special event. Yeah. It's not just during this chunk right. of time when you're actually still kind of yes. working and stressed yes. out. And so being a single mom and a teacher, yeah, I had, I wasn't working at the school during the summer, but I still had two to three extra jobs in the summertime and I still didn't have any money to go anywhere. So, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it was not a win-win. So I, personally having some money to be able to go somewhere and being able to go, you know, any time in the, of the year that I want that, that is big for me. So, yeah. So yeah, I didn't, um, going back to, did it take uh, a long time? No, not at all. I, um, I did talk to uh, both my parents are um, uh, accountants and I just wanted to run the numbers and talk to them for a moment and see about um, moving my teacher retirement to a 401k and just all of that and just make sure I'm, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And after I bounced it off of them, I, I told my principal, hey, I need to talk to you. And as soon as we got on uh, a call together, she said, they're leaving like, dude, I can't pass this up. It's an opportunity. I can't. And, but she understands. I mean, most most people in education, they they want what's best for you and they understand. And we have to understand that we have to do what's best for us. And we were not put on this earth to be a slave to a classroom. So you have to do what's best for you. If you thought about leaving teaching for the last 10 years of your career, but you still stayed there year after year after year, you were doing yourself a disservice from not at least exploring and trying those emotions mm -hmm. because you can return 
if you decide mm-hmm. to, but you did not sign an invisible mm-hmm. contract that said, I wanted to do this at one time mm-hmm. in my life and that's who I am for the rest of my right, life. Right, right. Yes, that is so true. And I can go back someday if I want to. What is totally sad is that I think I would rather go stock a shelf in the middle of the night at some grocery store than go back to teaching. However, I may want to someday and that's fine. And I may not want to and that's fine too. But I do think that the 17 years that I was a teacher, I was a really good teacher and I touched a lot of lives. And I think that 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 is probably um, something that even though I was miserable a lot of that time and there were things that happened and oh, that could be like a whole podcast in and of itself, Um, (laughs) like not even just an episode. That would just be a whole podcast. Um, There were a lot of things that happened that were horrible. Um, I still think that I probably would not change that because there were so many good things that happened for so many people. And um, and now a lot of those kids, those students that I had, they now are adults with their own families. And they do great. And so. I probably would not change that, but would I go back? Probably not. It's the experiences in your life that maybe were challenging that only make you stronger and make you more clear on who you are as a person. But in your life, you wanted to be a teacher, you wanted to touch lives, and you did that for 17 years. So kudos to you. Thank you. You know, you you did so much. And for anyone listening who's struggling with leaving after two years or 10 years, know that you put in the work and you're able to come back to it if especially if you leave in a way that you keep your teaching license. So making sure Mm -hmm. that you don't burn any bridges on your way out, but um, you're you're able to explore those Mm -hmm. options if you were thinking of doing it. Nicole, this has been amazing. I wanted to ask you one final question before we go. What did you learn about yourself along this way, along this journey? Um, I learned that, and not to not to toot a horn or sound like conceited or anything, but I have a lot to offer. And when I was in the classroom, I I didn't realize how much I had to offer. But I have I have a lot to give, and now in the position that I'm in. I've probably grown more professionally in the last eight months than I did the whole 17 years I was teaching. And I'm just so dang excited to see what adventures and new journey that I'm going to have this next 17 years. I'm so excited (laughs) when COVID's over, knock on wood, next week, and they start to send you on some international trips. I'm going to have to lurk on your Instagram and see where you're going. I'm so excited. Can't wait. Nicole, congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm so excited. I'm so happy I finally got to meet you after so long. Me too. Communicating with you. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you, Daphne, for having me. give a huge thank you to Nicole for coming on and sharing her story. I know how challenging a career transition can be and for anyone in the audience who's struggling right now, I am here to help. If you haven't yet checked out my website, there are plenty of blogs and free resources to help you get started. Make sure to head over to teachercareercoach.com and you'll find resources on rewriting your resume. 
the top jobs that hire teachers, and even a frequently asked questions page that has quick links to your most frequently asked questions about leaving teaching. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you on the very next episode of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. Thank you.